Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Cody Beseda is on this week. Uh, I got the, I had the pleasure of finally seeing, meeting Cody in person this past week at TXETA. TXET, yay, am I right? Anyway, uh, we had TXETA, can I say it any more times before the music, TXET, damn it. Um, there it is, yeah. So it was this week, and I was there in a different role as a vendor, and uh, I had a good time. I, I, I had to see my people. Right, I had to see my people. I was I've been struggling with the uh, removal from education th- side of uh, my decision to leave education. Uh, I've I have been struggling, and I told quite a few people that that it's been tough. It's been tough to uh, change, um, you know, change careers. Right, and so this week was uh, just that. It, it fortified, solidified, uh, retrofied, identified, validified. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But anyway, it definitely told me how much I miss my people, right? And I am learning a ton doing things that I've never done before when it comes to networking and lighting and sound and uh, even video walls and stuff like that. Uh, I am happy that I'm learning so much. Uh, but I, you know, I do miss the classroom. I miss the kiddos and it's, it is what it is, you know? Um, but it was fun to be at TXCTA and to see everyone. And my ego got boosted by a lot of people and a lot of people apparently listen to this podcast. Now, uh, back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore, but back in the day, I didn't realize that my host site, the site that hosts this podcast, uh, that holds, you know, everything in the cloud only told me how many downloads there were, right? So weekly downloads, it's not anything to write home about, right? It's it's hundreds, but it's not like in the podcast world, that's minimal and or nominal, if you will. Um, but the amount of listens per week is pretty high. And I didn't realize that until relatively recently that, oh, the, these numbers are showing you almost a minimum of how many people have listened. Uh, it's only people that download stuff to their phone, right? But you get, that's why people are always like, subscribe, you got to subscribe and like and blah, blah, blah. Because you got to download the podcast for it to register as such, right? So this week, the reason I say all that is because, you know, you go to an event like TXCTA and yes, I wore a minor wisdom hat to kind of shamelessly plug and lots of people even just passing by in the atrium and the hallways and stuff in the hotel were like, I listen to your podcast. I love it. And that is such a, a, you know, an ego boost for me. And I don't have a very big ego. I have a big personality, but that does not mean I have a big, big ego. Um, and that I, I will say after this week, it's inflated, right? Uh, I had I had a great chat with a couple of directors of fine arts um, uh, down in the bar, and it, it was a very um, sober chat, if you will. Just because you're in a bar doesn't mean you're drinking. 
um, I had a great chat with uh, a few people uh, that just make made me feel really, really good uh, about the things that I'm doing with my life and my career and all that kind of stuff. Also, you know, you got to love Mel Edwards. If you don't like Mel Edwards, then you're not getting to know Mel Edwards. And uh, I just, she's just such a positive person and such an inspiration to many people to do uh, what it is you want to do, right? Take that leap of faith. Uh, had great chats with Mandy Tapia, Philip Taylor. And then I also met a guy named Matrix Kilgore. What a fucking name. Um, I'm. He was at the UT alumni thing. I was not invited because I didn't go to that big-ass school. Not that UH is small, but UT department. I mean, come on, man. The theater department is like you get lost. You're a small fish. But anyway, I digress. Uh, go Cougs. But uh, I met this guy, and and he, <laughs> I jokingly said to Philip Taylor, it looks like you're like doppelganger, and he said, it's my younger brother. They're not brothers. Um, but I like just fell in love with this conversation I had with the guy. So if you got a chance to meet this guy, Matrix Kilgore, uh, with easily the coolest name in the entire world, um, you probably were blessed to get to know a really, really great human. Uh, and that's what TXCT is all about, man. You know, there are people there, and I'm not going to say who it is or say anything about, you know, cause I know who these people are, but there are people there that walk around that hall and walk around the area and from room to room, like their shit don't stink. And, uh, it's really f- annoying because I want to go up to them, grab them by the shoulders and say, you're a theater teacher. You matter. You matter. Don't get me wrong. But you teach theater, right? You teach an art. Uh, you are not bigger, better, stronger, more important than the other people that are at this conference. And I'm talking about people that are uh, on the younger side, not even not even the old guard, right? The old guard is actually, they might ignore you only because they're old and they don't remember you, right? Uh but it's that part of it is very frustrating, and I wish we could get to the heart of why these people act like they're uh, God's gift to a theater convention, right? Uh, why can't they just talk to people? And maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's an introverted thing. It could be all that, but to just have a boo-boo face on on the entire time, it's not going to make you approachable, and it's going to make you come across as somebody that nobody wants to talk to. Um, but anyway, I digress. I had to bitch and moan about that. But I had a good time as a vendor uh, being out on the floor. Somebody came up to us uh, the way we were kind of seated in our booth and where we were located. Somebody came us up to us and said, it looks like you're holding court because just like it looked like you may approach the bench, right? And it was. It was very much like that. And we had a great time. Um, lots of laughs with the Covenant people. Uh, lots of food. Uh, just really, you know, just a, a good, good old time um with that team uh, it's a good team kyle hall who does audio who i introduced to the people that he was teaching in a workshop is genuinely one of the nicest people in the world and i'm not trying to show covenant on here because it's a conflict of interest but if you ever have an audio issue you know call covenant and hopefully you get kyle uh, because he is just one of the kindest people um you, you will ever get to meet uh so anyway that's enough uh the, the next part of this is Cody. Cody Basetta is, I got to meet him in person finally, like I said at the beginning, but 
uh, Cody, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I, I sort of got a little man crush on you after our chat because it was just a really, really fun chat. It And you can tell, no offense to people that are uh, have a shorter time interview, but my I lost I'm a very time oriented person, very time oriented. And I lost track of time when I was talking to him because I just had such a good time chit chatting and we have a lot in common. He has great stories and he does not mix words. He just gets straight to the point of the story. But some of the stories are long, but they need to be. It's necessary. And uh it's just it was so fun. The only negative thing about Cody uh, is that he's a Rangers fan, and uh, you know everybody's got their flaws, right? So I hope you enjoy this week's chat with Cody Bassetta. Uh, he is just somebody that everybody should get to know. Has a wealth of knowledge and a unique wealth of knowledge because he comes from the world of flying, uh, not not air like airline flying. He's not an air. Uh, what do we call them? A pilot, uh, but he is uh, a former ZFX guy. So anyway. Enjoy this week's interview. Uh, Bobby, we missed you at TXCTA. Love you so much. My journey started in high school. Uh, you know, I went to, I working, currently working in the district I work in, you know, I, I'm used to saying Waco Conley. Um, so I went to Waco Conley. I am one of the people that have affectionately been, become known as one of Mandy's kids. So Mandy Connor was my uh, high school theater teacher. And, you know, coming out of eighth grade, I wasn't, you know, theater was kind of like acting sounded fun. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to do the class or not. Um, we started with the musical. That was the first show out of the, out of the gate. And I've never considered myself a singer or a dancer in any way. And so, you know, I was kind of like, well, I might do it. I might not. And my mom is an educator. She was a high school English teacher for 40 years. I think she taught some history in the beginning of her career. But I remember being out at lunch uh, the summer before my freshman year in high school started. And and Miss Connor was, you know, are you you're going to do the musical right Ah, You know, I don't know. And so her and my mom must have conspired together and they convinced me to uh, audition. And I, I talked to my students about this and I use it. So I teach primarily sixth graders. Um, and because of, we do a one act and because of how early the one act is in the year, like we're going to audition them like Monday, the second week of school. And so nerves and everything. But I remember I tell them, look, you're going to have a bad audition auditions are bad. I hate auditions. And I can remember my very first audition and, you know, I had to have 16 bars of, of a song and I didn't know what 16 bars was and everything. And so, you know, I had some, my friends were like, it's basically a verse and a chorus. I was like, okay, cool. Well, I had gone to see my brother in, uh, I believe it was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, and the song brush up your Shakespeare was in it. And so he, he didn't sing the song in the show, but he knew the song. So he taught me the lyrics. Mrs. Connor happened to be in that show as well. So brush up your Shakespeare was the song I sung. Sung, right. I got up there and, you know, she calls my name and I get up there and I froze. I didn't know a single line out of that song. 
none whatsoever. And she sitting in the auditorium in front of everybody gave me, you know, the first line and I, I didn't sing it. I chanted it back to her. And then I, I stood there silently until she gave me the next one. And we made it all the way through, you know, the 16 bars. And uh, I got cast in the show as a chorus member and like thug number two or something like that. And, you know, I can remember the opening scene in 42nd Street. I was a, a stage tech, you know, in the in the show. And so my character, I just decided like, you know, it was just background stuff. They were like in the scene, it was rehearsing and whatever, and they were running the show and the the characters are in the back. And so I just, just decided, well, I'm going to mop. So I went and found a mop and a bucket and that was the, the job I had given myself. And I mopped that stage to a high shine. And, you know, I did my like two lines for my thug number two and got to punch a guy in the stomach. You know, it was great. And from that point on, I was hooked. And this was that was exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I think throughout my high school career, I missed one show that we did. Uh, and that was because I had to take driver's ed to be able to get, get my license. So I missed that one. Um, and then finished up, was finishing up my high school time. And, you know, at that time I was had the dream of I was going to go to New York and be an actor and, you know, make it big. Um, and then it came time to decide where I was going to go for college. And, you know, I didn't care about the SAT or anything like that. So I didn't really do well. I took it because my mom told me to. And uh, my brother had gone to uh, MCC McLennan Community College in, in Waco. And uh, Ms. Connor had gone there as well and a couple of other you know, people that I knew and stuff like that. So I was like, cool, you know, that that's an option. And plus I liked that I could go there and then I could transfer to a four-year university without SATs and all that kind of stuff. So I went to uh, MCC and I feel very fortunate that I was there. I was one of the, the last groups of people to go through there that got like the pure MCC experience. We had Jim Rambo, we had Jerry McLaughlin, we had um, Casey, our, our costume designer. We had um, Michael Sullivan for one year uh, before he, he, he left, but he comes back in the story. Um, Cindy Sorrell, like those people molded me in the theater world and I feel so lucky to have had them as part of the journey. Um, you know, Jerry taking just anybody, Jerry could teach anybody to dance. He could teach anybody to tap. And it was amazing. And we did shows that like, you would have thought it was a four-year university, but it was this little community college, you know, and it was amazing. And Michael Sullivan was designing sets that, were just amazing. And then that and getting to work alongside him, because I had actually met Mike uh, doing Waco Children's Theater while I was in high school. And so going into MCC, you know, he, I kind of built a relationship with him during Waco Children's Theater where 
he knew that I could like do some technical, I could build things. I grew up building things with my dad. I've been around it all my life. And so, you know, he would let me run with things and he would teach me things. And, uh, you know, I got to learn a lot from him that more one-on-one. And so that really started to mold and push me towards the, the technical side of things. Um, and so again, when it came time to leave MCC, Dr. Shrell gave me a great piece of advice at the time. She goes, do not come back. Uh, at the end of my second, my second year, uh, she said, I better not see you here next year. And I told, I said, don't worry, you know, that's not my plan. Um, so I was trying to figure out where to go and what I wanted to do. And I was starting to, I started to think, and I was like, you know, as an actor, I love acting. I love being on stage. I love finding that character and playing pretend and living in somebody else's shoes and and things like that. But I hate the audition process. Um, at the time I was far too competitive and it would manifest in ways of like, I was not like a jerk to anybody. I wasn't really rude. I just didn't talk to anybody, but then it would also be like, I wouldn't eat that entire day. Um, and I just, I would just get in my head about it and it had to be perfect. And, it, and I had to get the role that I wanted or it was, I was a failure. Um, and so I was like, you know, I don't really like the audition process. So I think I'm going to change majors a little bit and go technical theater. Well, by that time, uh, Michael Sullivan had left uh, MCC and he had gone to the University of Oklahoma And so uh, he recruited me and was like kind of pushing me to go obviously to the University of Oklahoma. Um, And I went to, it was either a TTA or a USITT. It's probably a TTA. And I went as an acting major uh, and and auditioned in the acting auditions. But I, I put in there like also, you know, interested in tech. And it really came down to two schools and one was Ole Miss and they wanted me as an actor, like really wanted me as an actor. Um, and then the other one was the university of Oklahoma. And, you know, the, the guy there, he goes, you know, we can recruit you as a, as an actor if you want, but he goes, you know, Michael Sullivan really speaks highly of you as a technician. So he goes, you know, you can really make your choice of whichever way you want to go. And so, you know, I went with, OU to go work more with Mike and change majors and got into technical theater and loved my time at OU. Um, you know, I don't know if you're a football, a college football fan oh, yeah. or anything, yeah, yeah. but yeah, go Cougs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boomer sooner, man. Uh, but I, I was there during that, t- during that time when the, the football program was just exploding. Uh, you know, the kind of the, into the first decade of the two thousands, you know, we, you know, going and watching all the football games. And like, I, anytime I see a highlight reel, I was like, Oh, I was at that game. I was, you know, I remember seeing the guy flip into the end zone and all that stuff. So it was a blast and got to work with a lot of guest artists and uh, really started to build on some of the skills that I had learned while at MCC drafting and hand drafting and scenic painting and, really getting into an actual shop um, and, and learning to weld and 
all that kind of stuff. Um, and so you'll, you'll kind of a, see a pattern start to emerge here. I start to get to the end of something and I'm like, I don't really know what I want to do next. Um, so I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, cause I was one of those college kids that, you know, I go and meet with my advisor and she's like, okay, you're done this semester. And I was like, whoa, 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 I'm not ready. Uh, like I'm not, I remember walking out of that meeting and I, I think I immediately called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm done after this semester. And, you know, I'm sure she was excited you know, she didn't have to pay anymore, but I was, I was not having it. Um, and so I got to thinking again, you know, I was like, okay, I'm cool with doing, continuing to do tech theater. Um, I'm not, but I'm not entirely sure that I'm ready to go be a technical director, which is technically what the, the major I took was designed to, to get us to go do. And I was like, I'm just not, I'm not ready to go tell people what to do. So I feel like I still need to grow in my skills and I still need to figure some things out. So uh, a buddy of mine that was my, my buddy that was the uh, scene shop foreman at OU had worked on cruise ships um, for a few years and not as any show technician or anything, but he and I were talking, he goes, you know, he goes, your personality, he goes, you would work really well on a cruise ship because you don't get really ruffled by a whole lot. You just kind of go with the flow. I think you'd really work out on a cruise ship. And so I think I applied for a few cruise ship positions and applied for some tech uh, tours and stuff like that. And, and I don't remember how it came up. I may have actually been on, I think at the time it was backstage.com or backstagejobs.com. And a company ZFX flying had a posting and posting for a job. And it was for like the a shop floater or shop technician or something like that. And in the description, it said, you don't need to know anything about anything that we do. You don't know, to, you don't need to know anything about anything. He goes, all we need is somebody who is, who can work hard um, and can learn and we'll teach you everything you need to know. And I was like, that, that's me. That's what I want. And I had known of ZFX through TTA and their booth that they used to do at TTA. So, you know, I, like many of the people I ended up working with, knew them as the kilt guys. So I was like, you know, cool. I can go and wear a kilt and do that stuff. That's awesome. So I applied um, and never heard anything from them. And so I was like, dang, I, you know, I was actually kind of like really upset about it. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I know that they have a booth that they do booths at trade shows. I know they used to do TETA. Um you know, I think they do USITT. So I loaded up with my buddies and drove up to Kansas. It was in Kansas City that year and went to USITT just to go to the, the ZFX booth. And so we get up there, the, the booth is open. And of course, all my buddies go off to all, get all the swag and everything. And I made a beeline to ZFX booth. So I get there, you know, and uh, the first person I officially talked to was one of the boss's daughters. So, you know, that was kind of cool. But then the general manager actually came over and talk, started talking to me. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, my name's Cody Becetta. I applied for your shop technician job. I never heard back from you. 
And he goes, oh, yeah, you know, I remember your name coming through. Uh, but, you know, with that position, we ended up hiring somebody and kind of internally and locally. But, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, it's not really working out too well. So, you know, why don't we keep in touch? And I was like, OK, cool. And, you know, I ended up hanging out at the booth for a while and talked to some of the other guys that were there and um, you know, just hung out with them and kind of getting up to the end of the day. And one of them goes, you know, hey, like, what are you doing on whatever the end of the, the last day of the conference was? And I was like, nothing. I have nothing to do. You ZFX is the reason I came. And he was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. He goes, why don't you come back and help us strike our booth at such and such time? I said, I'll be there. So I showed up and I helped him strike the booth and then went out, you know, uh, and enjoyed downtown Kansas City with him for the night and, and everything like that. And I was getting ready to kind of finish everything up. And the general manager goes, you know, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you know, what, what's kind of ahead for you? And I was like, well, you know, I've already got a position or a summer job doing rep, rep theater at uh, Oklahoma, uh, Lyric Theater of Oklahoma. You know, that goes through the end of the summer. But then after that, I don't really have anything. Goes, he goes, I'll tell you what, you shoot me an email at the end of the summer. I said, great. So end of the summer comes along. I shoot Joe <clears throat> Champelli an email. And he goes, yeah, you know, we uh, we didn't, that, that technician we had didn't really work out. So, uh, you know, why don't you come, why don't you come out and work for us? And so I was like, cool, but I want to come look first because right before that, between Lyric Theater and uh, Lyric Theater and ZFX, I'd had a really bad experience where uh, he was actually a former professor and said, hey, you know, come do this with me. Everything's set up, uh, but none of it was set up. All the stuff that he had told me was shady at best and so i told joe i said you know I, i'm cool but i want to come and check everything out and he said fine you know come on out we'll show you around so i went out to louisville um and loved the shop loved the people spent like i think i found an apartment in like two days uh came back home to waco packed up all my stuff in a u-haul threw my car on a trailer and my dad and i drove out to louisville um, I don't know, probably, I think I, I think I got out there in September of, oh, seven or 2010, maybe I can't remember. And, uh, you know, met the, the boss and he was uh, awesome. And that, that company was amazing, super laid back, super fun, super creative, um, and so I started in the shop just doing what people told me to do, what the boss told me to do. I worked with the, the owner of the company, you know, from eight o'clock in the morning till he told me to go home at night. I was there on Saturdays, Sundays. Oftentimes it was just me and him. Um, I moved truss three or four times in one day, um, drilled out parts, put parts together I spent, I remember one day I spent an entire eight hour day putting parts together and he came along at the end of the day and he goes, you know, what the heck was that? But his, his language is a little bit spicier. He's like, what the heck is that? And I was like, oh, you know, it's a handy block. He goes, you know, starts pointing out all the things that I did wrong. He goes, fix it. So the next day I had to undo everything I did and, and fix it. 
but that has stuck with me, you know, now where if something is put together, you know, he, we had a rule at ZFX that when you put a bolt through something on the other end, on the other side of your nut, you could only have uh, two and a half threads coming out the other side. And, you know, when he first told me that, I was like, that is the most asinine thing I've ever heard. But when you got, after I got used to it, it started to make a lot of sense. And now to this day, if there's too much bolt sticking out, it drives me bonkers, you know, and you can, and because of the way that he expected things to be and how, how things needed to be put together, you know, I can pick up a washer and I can know the front and the back of the washer. Did you know that a front, that there was a front and a back to a washer? <laughs> I didn't either until then. And now I know the difference. And so it was great. And while I was working in the shop, you know, I was, I was meeting everybody and there was a position there called a flying director. And these were like, the rock stars of the company, they were constantly traveling, constantly going to different places, going to different countries. Um, they, they had worked with the Olympics right before I started with them. Uh, and so they had a group of people that spent, you know, a bunch of time up, up in Canada doing a flag raising ceremony for, uh, for the medals and stuff like that. And so I was like, that right there is what I want to do. And so I just kept, kept saying it, kept bugging them, kept, you know, Hey, let me help you. And I would get with flying directors when they were in town and help them put their, their gear together and stuff like that. And eventually I started getting sent out as a second because, you know, flying directors don't last very long because it's a pretty intensive job. So, you know, there's not very many of them. So as a second, it was easy for me to go because they didn't, weren't taking another flying director off the job. And so I started going out as a second to kind of learn the ropes. And then, um, then the rights got released for Phantom of the Opera for educational theater. So ZFX jumps on really quickly and we build a chandelier. And because I was in the shop, I was part of putting it all together, you know, stringing all the beads for the crystals. And me and uh, another guy were the ones that put it, were putting it all together. So when those started going out, um, it was me and my, my buddy, Dan, were just crisscrossing all over the country with our two chandeliers. And we, and we went because we were so involved with putting them together that we could do the maintenance on them if we needed to. Um, and those early versions needed a lot of maintenance. And so, so that's kind of where I got my feet wet with uh, flying directing. And then eventually they started sending me out on my own shows. And for, you know, two and a half years, I was in a new city every three or four days. I traveled 300 days out of the year. Um, I went to South Korea, Trinidad, Colombia, um, Singapore, Canada, um, flew and worked with theater and entertainment industry all the way from the teeny tiniest podunk little town in upstate New York, where I was the entertainment for the town, um, all the way up to, I flew the CFO for the largest financial company in the United States for their yearly get together. Um, I was on tour with Imagine Dragons 
for a while flying their lead singer in their night visions tour, um, regional theaters, professional theaters, ballets, uh, tours of Peter Pan over in South Korea and, and all that. And so eventually, uh, eventually, like I said, I was traveling 300 days out of the year. Uh, I was younger, I was single, but it, you know, you started kind of starting to get to that time where, like, you know, it'd be nice to kind of have somebody to spend some time with when you get home, but it, you just, it doesn't work that way when your time is not your own and you can be gone for a month and a half, you know, and for example, I, you know, went, was sent out on a job in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. I was only supposed to be there for three days, a month and a half later, I came home, you know, so it's not very conducive to, to a, you know, relationship. And so that started to wear on me and, you know, and then I started to think like, you know, I really, my heart wants to be in Texas. And so I was starting to get really burned out and ended up getting fired. Um, and that was a blow because I, I had failed. It's not true. It's not true. And I've since seen that it's not true and seen all of the things that, you know, I was the youngest flying director in the history of the company at one point. And so there was a lot of things, there's a lot of things to be proud of. And, but at the time it was, it was hard. And I actually really legitimately thought about, leaving theater. Um, you know, I thought about going into law enforcement. I thought about going into the uh, fire department. Um, I talked to Mrs. Connor's husband about physical therapy. You know, I was just trying to think of all kinds of different things. And then, you know, the, the longer I was away and the more I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know, this is what I do. Theater is what I do. It's what gives me joy, the creating and everything. Um, and then, like I said, my mom was a teacher and my best friend that I've known for half my life is an educator. He just got to be an administrator. Um, and he and I started talking. He was like, look, man, teaching, come into teaching. And, and he, he knew how to sell me. Uh, and he was like, you know, you get weekends, you get, of course, he's a, he's a science teacher. So he's like, you get weekends, you get guaranteed nights, you get all this time off, right? And so I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 cool. So I decided I was going to be a teacher. I was going to be a theater teacher. And so it, I was lucky in that right at the time that I was starting the process. Cause so I'm alt cert, obviously. So right at the time, as I was starting my alt cert process, two schools in Waco were hiring for an additional theater teacher. Um, one was Midway high school and one was uh, university high school with, Glenn. And so I applied to both of them. Uh, and through Mandy Connor, you know, she reaches out, of course, to, to mid, the folks at Midway. And she was like, you know, you need to hire this guy. And I think I was on the phone with Mrs. Connor. Five or 10 minutes later, the people from Midway called and we chatted for a little bit. Of course, I, you know, I applied and interviewed and everything. And it and, and Midway was starting after the second interview, Midway was starting to kind of slow down a little bit. Right. And so I started to get nervous because Midway was where I really wanted to go. Um, and, you know, and, and university was continuing the, the process. Like I was talking to principals and all this stuff. And uh, so I reached out to the, 
head theater teacher and she did some investigating. She was like, okay, like it's contingent. Like we, we are not interviewing anybody else. The job is yours. The principal just wants to wait until you finish up your alt cert program. Um, so that basically he knows that you're going to finish because from what I understand, he had hired somebody that didn't finish and then they never did. And so, cause I, and I can remember in the interview, he was like, well, you know, how much longer do you have with your alt cert program? And I was like, look, I'm doing this many, this many units a day. It takes me this many, this long to do the units. I can be done in two weeks. And he goes, okay. So I finished up. I told him I was done. And within the day I had the job offer to be the third theater teacher at uh, Midway high school and went and started working there, uh, teaching theater one, all I ended up with all the tech theater classes and then a production class. And, you know, Midway's a big, it's a six, a school. So it's very well supported, very well supported by the community, very well supported by administration. And we were putting on fantastic shows, uh, you know, that were collegiate level stuff. And I had gotten into that being like, I am, I am a technician. I build things. I'm not really trying to design anything, but then because of the breakdown of the three of us and what our skills and our strengths were, I had to design. Um, and so I kind of self-taught my, you know, I kind of self-taught myself design, um, through the process and got more and more comfortable with it. And so, uh, did three years there. I, I, I met a young woman, uh, you know, it is, is, is the time of the internet. So we met online. She was in Austin. I was in Waco. And as you can imagine, I couldn't convince her to leave Austin to come to Waco. So I left and moved to Austin and got hired to teach middle school theater at Seal Middle School with, with Pflugerville. And I, I love it. I love the, the, my friend that I teach with. We are of a similar, not even similar is not even a good enough word. We are the exact same mind when it comes to theater and the expectation of the kids and one of my biggest fears going into uh, a middle school teaching position was I don't want to do fr like frou-frou shallow character stuff. You know, I still, even at a junior high level, I still want to do good literature. Like I want to, I need it as an artist and I don't think that we do our kids service by doing that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, the other teachers like, yes, absolutely. We, I hate those things. They're good for class and scene work in class, but anything public is going to be the best literature that is educationally and age appropriate for our students. And we work really well together. And so I've, I've been there. This will be my, I'm starting my sixth year there now. Um, and in the future, looking forward, um, I just finished admin certification. So the goal is for arts administration. 
um, to go use all the skills that I've learned to help not just theater, but all fine arts. Yeah. Uh, where'd you finish that? What was, what was the, where did I, do? yeah. Where did you do your certification? Uh, Lamar university. Okay. Yeah. So I did. So I started it, you know, my wife and I were kind of like, you know, with family planning and stuff, we were trying to decide, I was like, you know, I really want to do this. I want to like go and get it administration certification. And we finally just like, you know, you know, starting a family is kind of taking a little longer than we had thought it would. So just go, just go do it. So I started it, um, in 2020 and then we got pregnant, you know? And so now I'm starting this master's, we get pregnant. It's like, okay, cool. Well then COVID hit. So now I'm in a master's program. We have a brand new baby, COVID, all this stuff. Um, but managed to get it done and tackled the passel yeah. and tackled the two, six, eight and all of that stuff. And, uh, passed them all first time and got the certification just last year, just last December, I think. Cool. Good for you. Yeah. I did my, um, master's in education all online with a certification and administration as well. And I did it when my second was born and, uh, found it to be the perfect time. I mean, when, when they're a, a non walking baby, <laughs> it's almost like the perfect yeah. time. You know, I know it's still, I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but it's definitely easier when they're not 18 months and, and starting to explore your house, uh, uh, you know, to, to kind of let them lay there and, you know, yeah. pat it, pat it, some random things that are hanging down in front of their face, you know, while you write some papers. Well, and, and, you know, with our, with our first, so we have two kids now, uh, that are a year and a half apart. So I was finishing up everything yep. when number two came along and our, our daughter is the oldest and she is very, very inquisitive yeah. and want, and, and, and wants to know everything and wants to ask questions and wants to do everything and wants to help. And like, I cannot imagine trying yeah. to complete all of that stuff with her now. Right. Yeah. Um, and then with, with the COVID thing that shut down, like for me really helped because I was stuck at home with right. nothing to do. So I sat and wrote my papers right. and, and everything. And then they shrunk the time requirements for the, uh, for the, I always forget the word, like the lab portion where you actually oh, have to yeah. do stuff on. Yeah. Yeah on, on campus. Yeah. Uh, are you speaking sort of, uh, this isn't going to come out for weeks, so hopefully this problem is gone, but are you guys safe right now as far as the fires that are not too far away from you? Do you, in do Austin? You, yeah. Do you even know? See, I texted, <laughs> I texted like a close <laughs> family friend earlier whose husband is a firefighter. And I said, uh -huh. are you guys doing okay? And she goes, yeah, why? And I said, they're like massive fires in the Austin. It's like Cedar Park or Cedar something. Like I, ha <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Okay, you know, the only, the only fires that have come across my radar the today, Hawaii, Hawaii, the yeah. Hawaii yeah. stuff. My, my wife uh, claims Hawaii as her home. Okay. Um, and so she, you know, she keeps up with Hawaii yeah. and, and 
has a lot of strong ties and feelings. Yeah, it's so. very tragic that what's happening there. But uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, that the the there are, there are things happening in Austin too. I guess it, it's not nearly as as tragic, obviously, but you know, it's still well, fire is so uh, unpredictable. So yeah. Well, and the hard part with you know Texas is it's so stinking hot right now. It, it sucks. <laughs> we could have a fire across the street, and I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Um, uh, I was outside today for my oldest daughter's soccer practice and was like in the shade and still mm-hmm. just like melting away. But, um, I don't recommend 10 out of 10. Don't recommend. So, uh, uh, uh 10 out of 10 agree. Yeah. So I, I took quite a few notes. I don't know if any of these are questions actually, they were all just like, Oh, cool. Neat. Awesome. And so, uh, I got it. First of all, are you, are you just physically unable to call her Mandy? Um, no. <laughs> okay. And she has, she has given me permission yeah. since graduate, since graduating to call her Mandy. Yeah. Um, I think for me, and, and I remember, I think I'd gone to see a show. I was probably a teacher at, at the point when she told me and I'd gone to see one of the shows and she, you know, I'd said, Mrs. Connor. And she goes, you can call me Mandy. Yeah. I go, Nope. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> And I am probably the only, the only former student that doesn't call her Mandy. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know what it is. I probably a respect thing. Yeah, I get it. My, my former theater teacher, Bob Singleton, like I, I was probably into my mid to late thirties before I could finally comfortably say Bob. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was Mr. Singleton until, you know, I don't know what changed, but yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So I just, but then, you know, my college professors, like I was trying to think of my college professors the other night and I was like, man, Mike, 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 right. Can't think of his last name. Oh yeah. That's that's what it is. That's the opposite. It's the opposite problem. Yeah. Uh, so you guys did, so your first show was 42nd street. Did I get that right? Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that, that show is not done very often because it's not content. It has to do with the magnitude of that show. That is a, that's a massive and the, and show. And the tap. Yeah. And the tapping the, that the, is involved. And also the like 20 foot tall rolling coins. But yeah, I mean like uh it's it's that's a that's just a it's a massive show. But yes, the, the tap is it's like all tap pretty much. Um Yeah, and and I think that you know, I listened to the episode with Mrs. Connor mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she you know, when she's picking shows, like picking shows for the kids that she has. And, you know, it was my freshman year and I was learning everybody. And so I was probably not aware that we had the tapping talent that we did because to me it was like, you know, Oh, here's all my friends and Oh my God, they can tap. Um, but we had some fantastic tappers. Like we did full on tap numbers. I was not part of them, but you were mopping. (laughs) so and and you like you sort of glossed over a couple things real fast but i i picked up on them because my wife taught me how to listen uh oh yeah if i need to go into any more detail i was trying to keep it short no 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 you did perfect you did exactly what you're supposed to do but you this wasn't stuff that that you needed to necessarily hit but you uh you mentioned that you wanted to move, you know, you thought I'm going to move to New York. You also mentioned Waco children's theater real fast, both things happening in a teenager's mind, 
that mm-hmm. did not even think that they were going to be doing theater when they entered their teens. And all of a sudden now, within just a couple of years, you have all these theatrical goals and aspirations. So when you got bit, I mean, like it was normally they say bit by the bug. You got bit by like a whole bear. It sounds oh, like it yeah. was yeah. In- instantaneous. Yeah. Like the first after, you know, I don't know. I can't pinpoint the exact time, but I mean, it was like instantaneous yeah. with being in rehearsals and playing these characters. And I mean, and I was, I was ensemble. Yeah. Like I, when I say I had two lines, I had two lines. <laughs> One of them was, Hey, do you know a guy named Pat Denning? <laughs> and I can't remember. I can't remember the other one, but I can remember, Hey, do you yeah. know a guy named Pat Denning? That's funny. And, and I mean, I was mopping a stage, but like I was in it. Yeah. And, and it, it like was so fun to, while I'm mopping the stage, you know, and, and so in 42nd street for nobody that for people who haven't seen it, that it opens and they're running a number in the show. Another, uh, yeah. yeah, they're running a, num- a number in the show. So you have all the stage crew working behind and moving sets and doing this, that and moving costumes and stuff. And so I, you know, I was mopping and I could like keep track. I had a dry mop. Obviously I wasn't mopping really in the show, but I could keep track in my mind where I had mopped (laughs) and how long it had been since I had mopped over that. And and as people would walk by, I would like shoo them away with, you know, so that they wouldn't walk over the area that I mopped. And it was so fun. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, 42nd Street opens in a similar fashion to Chorus Line, which I know a lot of people know, where they're in the mm -hmm. middle of the the Chorus Line is in the middle of an audition, but still it's, you know, same kind of premise. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, so did she like, or I guess, you know, did you just know you had to like believe? Was that something that, that was taught to you? Or did you just know I'm, I'm in this world, I'm going to be in this world, that whatever's happening, on the other side of that fake wall, isn't it uh-huh. actually there? Or did, was that something that they taught you? I, I think it was, I think it was a, it was a instinct. Yeah. Okay. You know, where I was like, this is the world that these characters live in. I didn't understand that that was like what I was supposed to do. I, yeah. I was never told that's what I was supposed to do. I just knew that it was what was right. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I maybe I credit credit it to playing pretend right. growing up. You know, I have one of one older brother that uh, I do like video games. Yeah, but he kind of monopolized the our our one video game console, and occasionally he would let me watch him <laughs> play, but usually just got mad at me. Yeah, so that meant that I would go outside and I would you know, pretend army man and crawl through culverts and I would live in that world. So I think it was just kind of an instinct that I had from very early on. Right. Right. Remember where you mopped. That's, that's a, that should be like over your door, like in your classroom, (laughs) like remember where you mopped, uh, (laughs) kind of like, yeah, like, like the Notre Dame believe or yeah, I was going to say like, like Ted Lasso, you know, like the believe in Ted Lasso. Um, uh, so you went to OU, um, and you said it was what in the like 2005s or whatever or something like that. 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind giving away my age. I'm not one of those people. Um, well, you, you sort so, of, if you're a football fan, you, you sort of gave it away if you, you yeah. know, figure that out, but yeah. I graduated high school in, uh, 2005 okay. and then did my two years at MCC. So, uh, I must've started there in 2007. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, good, good for you, man. Uh, but <laughs> great, great, good, good for being at OU during that time. Uh, but the OU program, so I want to like my top, top, top student, a girl, a girl named Lauren Lindsay, who, uh, who I just adore. And I actually just had dinner with her not too long ago, but she went to OU. She went through that program nowhere near the time you were there, but, um, she like fell in love with Norman and, Mm -hmm. uh, just that area to the point where she and some friends started a theater company called co-arts plug to them, shout out to co-arts, but, uh, and they run most of their stuff. They run their rehearsals at least out of whatever the, studio is at, at, at OU. I don't know what it's called, but, um, and, and then they, they do some shows on the Norman campus and some shows, uh, within the city of Norman or Oklahoma city. But the reason I say all that cheap plug, uh, is Texas people typically don't venture to OU, uh, because of the literally because of the stupid, like, Texas, Oklahoma doesn't, we don't talk, you know, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pop a little bit of a bubble. Do it. Most of the people I met were from Texas. Really? Yeah. Uh, there were a number of people within our, within the department that were from Austin. Okay. Um, or, uh, up North in the Fort Worth area. Um, so like most of our department was Texas or like, um, uh golly the name of the town in oklahoma just went right out of my head oklahoma city norman tulsa tulsa Uh, okay there we go yeah so they were most of the people were either from texas or tulsa okay and so Um, yeah that was that was a shock to me too whenever i got there because of because of you know the rivalry between ut and ou and how much you know texas hates oklahoma oklahoma hates texas but funny story i actually didn't know where i was going until i showed up <laughs> so so i had heard of ou i had friends you know that had the ou cap and stuff like that but i knew it as ou yeah and i had applied to and got accepted and was going to go to the university of oklahoma yeah, yeah, yeah so it never registered me with me until i got there and i looked i saw the big ou and i was like, like oh yeah, they, can't okay. even, they can't even spell initials right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I've always you guys are idiots. I've always heard that it's OU because of Oregon. That's that's always that's what I've always heard because University of Oregon is not OU. It's you. It's they do everything you owe. So, I I I never heard that any of that. That's um, what I've. That's we every now and then we I've I come across people who are Buckeyes fans. Yeah, but that's. Well, that's OSU, and it's also they're idiots because they say the Ohio. You know, they're the only university that is officially the, and then uh, the university name like that's in their title. Oh, anybody I've ever come across has been like, "You're not the oh, you're the you're the fake OU. We're the real." I'm like, "All right, whatever." It's like Tennessee fans. It's the you yeah. know UT University of Texas is the fake UT. It's like no, it's 
actually probably bigger and more well known, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. They, they they gave me a bunch of money to go there, so it's a <laughs> oh, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> have you been back to OU since, like to see anything or do anything since graduating? Yeah, since I graduating. Have. That's what I mean. Not since, since yeah, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I time travel really quickly. Yeah. Blink, yeah. I go like, yeah. Um, since graduating, I have. Uh, so for a while I still had, a, I still had roommates that, that gotcha. were there. Very, very dear friends of mine, um, that I roomed with that were, so we all graduated at the same time. One of them got hired on in the costume shop in the theater department as one of the hands. So he was working there and then his, uh, his boyfriend, I don't think they were married at the time. So it was his boyfriend was working for Lyric. So they were still there. And then another very dear friend of mine, Waco transplant into Norman was doing his mat. We all, we kind of had this Waco Mike. And I think Mike called us like the Waco conglomerate or something. There was a bunch of us in Waco that all went at the same time. And Lloyd was one of them and he was doing his masters. He started his masters and we started our undergrad and finished at the same time. And then he got hired to take over the, um, costume design professor. So he took the place of a very well-loved, uh, OU drama figure, um, Michael Buckwald. He, I don't quote me on it, but I think until Lloyd, he was the only costume design professor that OU had ever had. Okay. So Lloyd had some big shoes to fill. So he was there uh, I, I came back when I was working with ZFX and spent a week hanging out with everybody. Um, but I haven't been back since I really, really, really want to go back again. Uh, I don't have a, uh, research team, so I cannot look that up for you, but, um, <laughs> I'm going to trust you. What, what is the, uh, what's the most annoying show to fly? Mary Poppins. Okay. Is it because of the, well, the, is it because he taps on the proscenium or what? No, it's just because I hate Mary Poppins. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have two, I have two shows and every time I bring it up, the, I, I don't, I, I get, I've never really considered myself like a, a diehard theater person. Right. Um, so maybe I'm like a black sheep within the theater community. I don't know, but I I absolutely do not like Phantom of the Opera. Okay. And I absolutely do not like Mary Poppins. Um I don't like Phantom of the Opera because it's it, there's there's too much that's the same. Right. The, the music is one note, yeah. For the whole thing. Or one set, yeah. I get you. Yeah, and then you have and, and the structure's all jacked up. You have a climax or, uh, you know, your, 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 your climax that happens way off. And then you have this like whole rest of the show that kind of doesn't have anything to it. Um, but the, the flying of the chandelier was, was really cool. And the chandelier is really cool. So that was fine. Yeah. But Mary Poppins, I think some of it is that I've never had a positive experience with a Mary Poppins. Yeah. And, in the many numbers of Mary Poppins is, is, I've <laughs> I've <design>. flown yeah. <laughs> and the many number of them that I've I've done there's always been something that was 
a pain in the ass or something that didn't go right or a problem that had to be fixed, not through negligence or anything. It was just kind of the way theater is. So there's probably some of that. And then one of the things that I enjoy about musicals and being in musicals and, and working on musicals is like those little earworms that you get. Yeah. And while you're working on it, you're just constantly singing that, that line or that song and, you know, that kind of a thing. Or there's always like a character, if I'm not in the show or if I'm not playing the character already, there's always a character that I want to play. Right. For Mary Poppins, there's not a, a single song that gets stuck in my head. There's not a single song that I particularly like. Uh, and there's not a character that I want to play. Right. So... I just never really enjoyed working on them. Yeah, I get it. It's uh, I, mine was Wizard of Oz. I, that's the answer oh. I was looking for, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Wizard Wizard of Oz is one of my favorites. I just yeah, I the thing not of, my not my overall favorite. Yeah, what my is overall your favorite? favorite is Peter Pan. So uh, Peter Pan Love is great. Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan is is a lot of fun. I will say that the thing that drives me nuts about Wizard of Oz is the uh, like you have to make decisions on what you want to fly. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, you can hire ZFX or that other company that also has three letters in it, but we won't talk about them. Uh, yeah. Um, but, but you have to like, as a director, you're like, okay, do I want to put her in the bubble? Uh, do I mm-hmm. want any sort of tornado effect? Do I want her to ride her bike? Do I, do I want the monkeys to jump off trampolines or do, you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. there's so many, I just like being told you know, this is what you're going to fly. And in Peter Pan, there's, there's literally like, you either do, you don't. And, uh, you fly this, the, you, you either fly everyone that's supposed to fly or you don't hire people to fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's one of the wonderful things about ZFX, at least while I was working there. And, you know, I still talk to the owner of the company randomly. Um, so while I was there and the way that I worked as a flying director, so I got asked all the time when I first made contact with the client, you know, I, I, my first question is, what do you want to fly? Right. And I had clients that knew exactly what they wanted and that's great. I can give it to them. I had clients that knew, had no idea what they wanted right. and they were like, well, what do people normally do? And I could tell them, um, I had, I'd had clients that knew a little bit about what they wanted to do, but then we're kind of like outside of that, if there's anything else that you can think of or that people normally do, um, we could do that. And then there were times where I would go in and we would have certain flights kind of planned and something, something would happen in the midst of rehearsals or talking to people and we would add things in. Right. I, I always, my goal going into every show was always was basically to choreograph new flights every time right? because I felt like that doesn't do the show service. Like this is your show. It's not, I, I hated it when I would, I would talk to clients for Peter Pan, especially. Um, and they were like, they would go, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen, the Kathy Rigby version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. yes, I've seen the Kathy Rigby. Well, we want to do, that's exactly what we want to do. And yeah. I would say, cool, I'm going to save you a whole bunch of money. Don't do the show. Yeah. 
go to the theater, have a projector screen. Yeah. Go find the DVD and play that show. Yeah. 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 You know, you spend 20 bucks versus, you know, several thousand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One thing that drives me nuts is lack of uh, creativity and innovation, but that is literally a whole nother hour plus of content. Um, (laughs) I've got to ask you uh, these two kind of fun questions because this, I was a touring lighting guy myself, uh, uh, or you weren't a lighting guy, but you were a touring person. And, um, so one of the fun things we would do is during sit downs, which you had a lot more sit down or what we would call sit downs in the, in the live concert world, you had, that was your normal, your gig was you'd go to a city for a couple nights. We would go to a city mm-hmm. for a night. That was normal. But every once in a while we'd get to stay for, you know, two, three, four nights. Right. And so during yeah. those times we, we would all try to find the local, hole in the wall or diamond in the rough type place, you know, do you Mm -hmm. have, do you have a a place that kind of stands out in your mind? You've been all, I have not been all over. I've been all over North America. You've been all over the world, but, uh, uh, so, so my hole in the walls are, are a lot more, um, accessible (laughs) yours. You know, if yours is in South Korea, it might be like, Hey, go check this place out. Um, (laughs) but do you have a, do you have a place that kind of stands out to you that, that you kind of like really a, enjoyed? Like a recommendation? Yeah, 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 kind of, yeah. <clears throat> so, I, I if you're wanting, like, restaurant-y type yeah, stuff. Yeah, food. I'm all about food. You can't – the this camera uh, is neck up, so you can't tell, but neck down, I like food. Yeah. Well, you, you got the dark colors. <laughs> yeah, on too, right. So. <laughs> the camera takes uh, 10 pounds off, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So – uh trying to think i'm a big 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 barbecue fan okay love barbecue and i don't discriminate you know i'm not i'm not i'm not regional right i'm not just stuck with the texas or the north carolina or anything like that um the problem is the the problem is going to be remembering the name sure i got you of the places um Let's see. I think it's called Rendezvous in Memphis. Okay. Is really good. Um, you know, if you like a little bit more of the the dry rub, right. pork rib type stuff, Memphis is going to be your spot. Um, Have you ever heard of Virginia Barbecue? As like a, a style of yeah, barbecue? Like, like how we know of Kansas and how we know of, uh, of Memphis and how we know of Texas, obviously, in Carolina. Uh, I've never heard of Virginia. Exactly. Neither have I until (laughs) recently somebody, it it was at the commerce Texas A&M commerce summer uh, theater camp. We ate lunch uh, and dinner every day in the cafeteria and one day, and it was not very good. The food, the camp was great, but anyway, they served Virginia barbecue and we're like, what the hell is Virginia barbecue? (laughs) Anyway, keep going. No, I would have been been like, no, no. doesn't exist so i've was, been i've been around virginia yeah so virginia. yeah yeah been around virginia and they don't virginia has mountains and trees and yeah. not and enough teeth for barbecue and muskets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah rendezvous in memphis there was another place in memphis that was really good um that i uh i, w- I was working on the place there and the 
they were like, you know, where do you want to go to lunch? And I said, this place, whatever the name was, he was like, Oh, I'm friends with the owner. Yeah. So we go and the owner, you know, comes out and talks to me and I got to, you know, he, he, he basically did the, you're going to trust me. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring you something, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bring out whenever I do brisket and I eat brisket, this is the way that I do it. Right. It's not actually on the menu. You can't order it, but I'm going to do it for you. It was amazing. Um, there's a place in St. Louis that it's one of those places that once they're out of meat, yeah, right. They, they stop selling whatever that is. Yeah. So, and you know, and you might go and stand in a line actually, here I am talking about barbecue and I can tell you a hole in wall place that I do know the name of. It's not barbecue. Um, the hole in wall place is in Boston. Okay. Um, it's in little Italy and it's called the daily catch. Okay. And so it's seafood, but Italian seafood and this place, you're practically sitting in the kitchen. You know, it's so small that they have to, you know, parties that are, if you got a party of two and then there's another party of two, you got, you get sat together at a right. four top right. and they bring the food out to you in the pot that it's cooked in. <laughs> and, Oh, like, you wanna, I don't remember what you're going to book I a flight. I got. <laughs> look, look, man, anybody that I, that ever tells me that they're going to Boston. Yeah. I, I'm like the daily catch. Yeah. Go to the daily catch. You know, I was the theater I was working at. It was probably a good thirty-minute walk. Yeah, from the theater I was working in, and I made that trek numerous times. You you worked it off. You you earned the calories. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Cody, we're gonna get in trouble if we uh, keep talking. Um, so <laughs> this might be this might be the first time in in two hundred plus episodes that I don't finish the episode with give me a word of wisdom or give me some sort of like wise something to say, because like, I, like I have questions about sports, uh, cause I'm a big sports junkie as well. Uh, you know, I don't think you watch wrestling, but you can see behind me. There's a lot of, I mean, maybe I, you do. Oh gosh. I do not but, currently. I, okay. my, you my wheelhouse is eighties and nineties. Okay, so I'm you, an attitude era. Well, that the, all, a lot of these, I'm only allowed to buy, figures of of people that i grew up watching and that's again same same era so this is one of the first times i didn't actually have an ending to the podcast where i ask for any sort of advice we just had to go uh so we recorded we kept recording but i uh, said hey man it's late and my wife's gonna come here and be like are you still alive so anyway that's it i hope you enjoyed it and uh enjoy the rest of your week and your hangover from txcta Minor wisdom.